welcome to Mint. My name is Adam Levy, and I'm gonna be showing you how the creators of today are building the communities of tomorrow by harnessing the power of Web3. This episode welcomes Benny Khan, who's a developer at Gallery.so and co-founder of BeatFoundry, an NFT platform for entirely on-chain generative and curated music. Benny dropped out of college to pursue his love for where crypto meets music and BeatFoundry was his first stab at this passion. Congrats to him and his team for a widely successful drop and I'm glad I was able to lead the post-mortem deep dive. So without further ado, in this episode, we discuss the links between Benny's love for jazz music and software development, the backstory of Beat Foundry, how does Beat Foundry allow the creative process to continue beyond the artist behind a collection, how are the music NFTs composed on chain, what is MIDI, how are the NFTs generative, how does the composition process work for an artist, the current state of music NFTs, and so much more. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Benny, what's going on, dude? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm out here in Miami, just enjoying the nice weather. Let's go, dude. I'm uh, I'm feeling good, man. Feeling good. Uh, you guys gave me a heart attack on Saturday as I was freaking trigger fingering trying to buy this drop. Um, but let's start with the congratulations, okay? Uh, which I'm probably I'm pretty sure you've heard that a bunch of times. But congrats, bro. What a what a great drop. What a great concept. How are you feeling post-drop? What's going on in your head? Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, yeah, this this first drop was so monumental for us. I mean, you know, we've been working on this for at least the idea has been, you know, around for since October, maybe. And, you know, it's just been slowly figuring out, you know, what, what kind of music we're going to be making and uh, and uh, how the actual how the smart contracts are looking. And after all this time, you know, finally being able to release something is is so rewarding and, and have it go with, with such success, you know, just seeing the, the, the fact that the website had had trouble even handling the amount of people clicking the, the mint button. Uh, although that was a, that was a struggle for me. You know, I had a very stressful moment in that moment. Uh, it's very nice to, to know that there was a lot of people there trying to, to get one of these ocarinas and that, you know, people are interested in them after the fact. We've got a lot of people now um, on the discord posting about, you know, making remixes, which was super cool. We want to be seeing that kind of stuff. Um, and then obviously, you know, we just posted about uh, our next collection, right? So we're just, we're just super excited to keep going and, and moving forward with this. Benny, I was on the way home from the gym because I, I thought it was uh, 12 p.m. Pacific time, not 12 p.m. Eastern time. So it was 9 a.m. my time. I was coming back home from the gym on a Saturday morning. And I think it was already like an hour into the mint. And I was like, fuck, like, how did I fuck this up? And I was in the car. And you know how shitty the, the, the minting experience is on MetaMask Mobile? So I downloaded Coinbase Wallet and sent money to Coinbase Wallet and created a Coinbase Wallet account. But, like, I was trying to mint on the go, like, on, on mobile. And I managed to get the two. I think I got three in the end from all the trigger finger clicks that I tried to do. But I was, like, I had my, my, my MetaMask and my, my, uh, my Coinbase Wallet open just trying to mint and neither platform would actually work like the minting experience on mobile sucks with wallets. So in, in and not related to your site. And then I got home cause I was like, fuck, I need to get home and like try to do this from the desktop. And I got home and I had like my phone open and then I had like uh, a brave browser open and a Chrome browser open trying to understand what the problems were <laughs> of why I couldn't mint. And dude, I was just like clicking on my phone, clicking on the mouse, just, try <laughs> just trying to figure this entire thing out. But uh, needless to say, I'm glad I got I got a few, but it was the most stressful mint I've ever been a part of. 
Yeah, sounds like you had just as much of a stressful experience as I did, man. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah no, something, a little, you know, tidbit that we, we kind of posted about just about that kind of whole stressful situation was, you know, <laughs> on, the, on the back end, we actually kind of sound similar. You know, you were downloading another wallet, right? We actually spun up a whole new database because a, a, wow. you know, the, the provider we were using couldn't handle the traffic we were getting. Uh, so we had to go to a different provider, spin something up uh, separately, and then... Uh, and and connect that to the mint site so yeah it was a it was a fun experience you know i don't think uh, i want to experience something like that again but uh, <laughs> it's very exciting Dude, but, the, uh, these are the memories that we make uh online but let's i i digress okay let's jump right in okay benny who who the hell are you like what does the world need to know about you um tell me about yourself how'd you find beat foundry uh give me give me some background for sure yeah so um what I, you know there's a lot of platforms out there right now that are, are being written by these, you know, engineers uh, that, you know, go trying to get into the music NFT space. Um, and uh, I'm really thankful to kind of have a little bit of a different perspective than, than some some people getting into the music NFT space, whereas actually I, I started out as a musician. So um, I'm, a, I, I'm a jazz musician by trade. I play jazz trombone. Uh, I, I went to uh, the Manhattan School of Music for one semester before realizing that that was not the, the right way for me. But all throughout high school, I was playing jazz trombone and I, you know, I was very lucky enough to, you know, to travel around and, you know, play in Japan, play across the United States, play across Canada and uh, really enjoyed that. And I, I think when you're in that kind of zone, when you're playing and you're, you're, you're traveling and you're doing well with it, it kind of seems like the right decision to just go on and play music full time. So I was like, you know what, going to go to New York, try to make this as a full time jazz musician, you know, play at the Manhattan School of Music. And uh, I ended up getting into the Manhattan School of Music, went there and I think I realized while I was there that the lifestyle of a, of a musician and specifically a jazz musician was definitely not what I expected. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that I think people, you know, even in, um, apart from the jazz world and the music industry, that we kind of just have to accept is the reality, right? Like popular music these days, you know, you kind of have to fit into a couple different grooves to, to make sure that your music will be uh, seen as, as some of the other songs, right? So sometimes you lose a little bit of that artistic freedom and, and creativity because you just have to, you have to be able to pay the bills at the end of the day. And I, I realized that they like the lifestyle of making music that I didn't really want to make and trying to always be self-promoting, going out there, playing with, with people that I, you know, maybe I didn't even like playing with, but I needed to, to, to make it. Uh, that just wasn't kind of where I wanted to be. So I decided that I would try to find another direction for myself. And I ended up dropping out because I uh, had been programming for a while and, and wanted to take a deep dive into the computer science world. Um, and next thing you know, I, uh, I'm meeting people who are working on what I thought was a side project at the time, but turned into a gallery. Uh, I'm sure many of you know what gallery is. And we've got the, the founder in, in the space right now, Mike Wen. Um, and uh, I'm, they were so uh, gracious to, to offer me a full-time job at gallery. So that, that's what I'm at. I'm actually full-time at gallery. And then I've been uh, doing Beat Foundry on the side. But now to, to kind of get into what Beat Foundry is, you know, I, I've been... Uh, you know, as a musician, I've been trying to find ways to use, you know, take advantage of the NFT space and figure out kind of how I can share my art like so many others have been doing. Like, you know, working in gallery, obviously, we see all this art all, the, all day long. You know, we allow people to display art. Right. And I was then thinking, you know, how can I add my own art to this to the space? Right. How can I make something myself? And that for me, that was making music, obviously. Right. Being a musician. But I didn't yeah, want to do it the way that I had seen. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, no. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to, you know, make music NFTs the way I'd seen them so far. You know, I, I've, I've heard a couple of music NFTs. I didn't particularly like um, any 
music that I had seen thus far. And I think this was a little bit earlier in the space, you know, surprisingly, even though this was in October, this, that, that was already, uh, you know, so far back, you know, it, relatively to the, to the music NFT space, you know, we've moved forward a lot in a, in a couple of months. Um, and I hadn't heard anything that I particularly liked. And I wanted to do something that was super unique, you know, wasn't just about releasing music that I would normally release, right? That if I was a producer or if, you know, the artist I'm working with, uh, you know, what they would release on Spotify, I thought I wanted to do something that would be different, something that captured the space a little more than that, right? Because NFTs are really cool for, you know, receiving royalties and stuff like that. But I think there's something you can do with just the medium of being on the blockchain. So that's kind of where we decided what it would be really cool if we could have on-chain, completely on-chain, generative music, right? And, you know, at that point, I, I had to figure out a, a, you know, a technical way to do it, ended up accomplishing that. And, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of how Beat Foundry started. And, you know, we're, we're planning on working with other artists. And, yeah. And here we are today. So really quick, a bunch of stuff to kind of pick apart. You started off playing music, okay, and then you went into software development. Actually, when did you pick up software development? Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm self-taught. I ended up picking up probably around the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, while I was home, you know, I was still a senior in high school. Uh, so I was just home playing trombone most of the time, but I had needed something else to do. So I was like, you know what, let's try to learn something new. And that was software engineering for me. So, yeah. What are, what are your biggest, uh, jazz music influences? For sure. Yeah. So, you know, as a trombonist, uh, it's kind of hard. There's not too many trombonists out there, um, that I even would call a large influence. And in terms of my trombone playing, I would say mostly influenced by people, you know, not many people might know these people, but J.J. Johnson um, and then a, a modern trombone player named Vincent Gardner. Uh, but also the, the two, probably the two biggest ones that I'm most influenced by, apart from just trombone, are uh, uh, John Coltrane and Cannonball Adderley, which are, you know, maybe maybe people know them a little better. But uh, yeah, very amazing music from them. I'm actually like, I feel like jazz is one of those things where too many people don't listen to it anymore. I grew up uh, playing drums as well. Uh, like you, Benny, you started off with music. I started off with drums. Uh, I've been playing since like five years old, got started playing rock, then funk, and then transitioned into like R&B, gospel, jazz, and fell in love with that entire world. But I'm curious, like use your reactions in the audience. I'm curious how many of you guys still actually listen to jazz, uh, despite it being the influence and the backbone for a lot of like mainstream music. I'm kind of curious if you guys want to show like a raise of hand, just, just to get an idea. Uh, but Benny, super, super cool, man. Um, really interesting backstory. Surprisingly, you quit, you quit college. Like you literally dropped out uh, to pursue more of this stuff. Walk me through your mindset of quitting school and what was that like? Yeah, so, you know, for my mom, it was a bit stressful, right? For me, <laughs> it was, it was a, you know, not, I was just thinking that, you know what, I, I couldn't see myself doing this anymore. And it's more important that I find somewhere where I'm going to be happy and where the lifestyle makes sense for me. Um, and yeah, very stressful just trying to figure out where I wanted to go specifically. You know, like I had this idea of going into computer science and, you know, that kind of implies a lot of college. And I had, you know, taken music school and they don't give normal classes like math and English and all those classes at music school. So I had never, uh, you know, I was definitely behind and I would have had to take probably an extra year of college to complete. Uh, so I, I ended up deciding that that would probably be the best path. Um, and it only worked out in my favor when just through meeting, you know, the, the connection I, I actually got into gallery with was through my sister's boyfriend, just a, a crazy, oh. uh, <laughs> a crazy connection. So if, if that didn't happen, I don't know where I would be today. Um, but yeah, at the, at the time though, it was just, 
deciding, you know, I guess I just need to transfer to another college. And uh, that seemed yeah. like the safest bet at the time. Yeah, it makes sense. I'm curious. So, okay. So for those who don't know, okay, my, I didn't introduce myself formally. So my name is Adam Levy. I host the podcast. Man, on one of the episodes that I, that I produced, I had Tyler Hobbs on the Crater Fidenza. Uh, the only reason I'm bringing him up right now, Benny, is because he's also a jazz drummer, super talented, and like one of the godfathers of like generative art, right? Hence, I think everybody's familiar with the Fidenza. Maybe not. If you're not, go search it up. But when I had him on, we talked about the links between music uh, and crypto, but more specifically, his development style and how jazz has influenced his, his, uh, his creative programming. Do you find similarities between your interest of music to how you kind of write code and how you you come up with projects. Obviously, Beat Foundry is like the most like obvious example of that. But I guess underneath the surface, any any common themes between your interest for for jazz music to uh, your interest for creative coding, uh, software development in general? Totally. Yeah. No, I, I I like to talk about this a lot because I think um, if I wasn't a jazz musician, yeah, I, I think the amount of things that I've learned that apply to way beyond jazz just from playing jazz. Uh, it's mon- it's absolutely monumental. So, and I think the the biggest one for me is probably just the improvising factor, right? And uh, you know, a common thing in the jazz world is to you know I, I see kind of a progression going forward in the modern jazz world that people are playing music that is more experimental and less honest, but they're trying to play something that is maybe a little bit contrived to get something new, right? And I immediately when I was playing jazz, I never liked that. I always wanted to play something that just related to, to who I am, right? And sounded as relatable to as many people as I could, you know, connect to, right? Just something that I'd much rather play simple music that sounds good and, and more people enjoy than making, you know, amazing music uh, or not, obviously it's amazing, making experimental music, you know, that, that has, you know, amazing technical feats, right? That may not be as interesting to other people, right? And I think that's kind of how I go about a lot of the, the ideas that I have and the the thought process through getting, you know, designing a smart contract and stuff like that. I, I just want to make something that's simple and works, you know, something that, that uh, accomplishes exactly what it needs to and nothing else. Right. And I think, you know, and then alongside that, obviously the improvising nature of jazz, just having to, to learn a language because in a way jazz is, you know, the improvising is kind of like a language, right? There's this, uh, there's sure. some patterns yeah. kind of have to follow, not have to follow, uh, similarly to, you know, English and, and uh, other spoken languages and programming, you know, there's these kind of guidelines that normally lead to something that's good, right? Something that maybe more people relate to, right? And, you know, same thing with, with programming, right? It, it's just another language, right? It's just a language that you can utilize um, to, to make something that accomplishes something for somebody else or, you know, help somebody or, or allow somebody to relate to something. So for me, you know, learning these languages, I felt a little bit, you know, I, I feel like maybe I had an easier time learning the programming languages and learning how to, how to come up with something and immediately execute it just because of the nature of jazz being, that's what you've got. You know, you, you, you have a task, you have something you want to accomplish and now on the spot, you're going to have to come up with something using the language you, you've learned, right? Yeah. You know, jazz music is such a creative, collaborative process, trading fours and doing solos between all the different uh, 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 musicians in the rhythm section, whatever it may be, right? And yet you come out with this project called Beat Foundry, which is also a very creative and collaborative process that's uh, all generated on chain. I kind of see like the individual loops and the individual tracks that piece up a, a single song being very much reminiscent of the, the collaborative trading force process of uh, that like jazz musicians or musicians in general go through. Would you, would you say something similar? Would you disagree? Do you have any thoughts around that? Totally, totally. Yeah, I see, 
you know, the we were talking actually about if we were to possibly do a sort of jazz drop in the future, it would kind of be that sort of thing. It's a, you know, we would have people improvise and come up with these different parts, right? And then those get put together generatively, right? But but at the end of the day, you know, they're collaborating the initial, all of the initial components and they're, they're making something together that might, you know, work in other contexts, right? So that, that, yeah. that definitely relates. And then also, you know, I think the, um, the, the idea that we want this music to not end at our compositions, right? So we've put this music on chain in a format that is very collaborative in nature, right? It doesn't define everything about the music and we can get into that in a little bit. Um, but, you know, we've, we've just been doing this, uh, we've, we've got what's called a beat battle uh, going on right now, which is where people are remixing some of the ocarinas that they just minted. And that's because the music is, is meant to be remixed. You know, we don't give everything away in each of our, in each mint. You know, we, we might have a nice recording that, that demonstrates kind of the initial intention of the music. But at the end of the day, this is very collaborative. We want to hear things that people can make with our music. And I think, yeah, that's definitely inspired by all the, the you know, the amazing collaboration that, that I've had as a jazz musician and that my fellow yeah. co-founders have had as, as jazz musicians. Yeah, makes sense. All right. So on the topic of Beat Foundry, we've been talking a lot about it in a very general sense. Let's hone in for a minute. Okay, Benny, like what is Beat Foundry? Um, why should people care? Why is it important? Uh, fill me in a little bit, like give me some context. For sure, yeah. So Beat Foundry uh, is making, you know, the f pretty much the first of its kind, uh, completely on-chain generative music where the musical output is actually on-chain, right? So we've seen some projects before that might be able to get code on-chain that can be plugged in somewhere that'll produce some sort of sound output, right? But now the music is entirely on-chain, right? So it's in this format called MIDI. Which is right now it's the musical or the music industry standard for digitally communicating music. Um, every computer can read MIDI by default. If you click on a MIDI file on your uh, on a Mac, you'll it'll open GarageBand and it'll already have all the tracks set up. Uh, and even your browser like Google Chrome, we can read MIDI by default. Right. So this is a very a very large format. But what's cool about it is it only conveys the musical content of a song, none of the actual sounds or instruments. So that that's almost like written notation but for a computer right if you've seen sheet music you know you've got all these notes and rhythms everywhere that's pretty much what midi accomplishes it just writes out the pitches the the notes the rhythms the time right the the tempo um, so for those so for those really quick who don't know that process all the all the loops all the all the beats the rhythms the the, the symphonies whatever you whatever you loop together to create a song those were automatically generated or did you create those yourself yes so we kind of, a big thing that we wanted to accomplish was to make the music really sound good and not just be, um, you know, not, not sound like a computer, right? Because like I was saying earlier with jazz, you know, I really like the music that I release um, to be relatable, right? And oftentimes if we allow a computer to have full control, and I think this will get better over time, and it's always very interesting to hear what comes, comes about now with, uh, you know, computer generated music. But I really wanted the music to sound relatable. So we decided if we could do some sort of combination between human composition and generative computer composition, right, then that would be the best. So right now what we've been doing is we come up with these songs, right, that are divided up into maybe, you know, we, we call them, you know, different chord progressions. And each component of each song is written by a composer, right? But on Mint, every component gets put together to make a unique song every single time. Right. So that could be those components might be the drum part, the, the melody, the intro, the solo. Right. And we've written all of those ahead of time. Right. And then when a song gets minted, there's a couple rules that make sure it works tonally, make sure all the pitches line up. Um, but once the, you know, once those rules have been met, 
a, a new song gets put together and minted for you, right? So every song, every person gets like this one-to-one connection with the artist. You know, uh, they're the only one who owns that specific output, that specific composition of the artist. But also, you know, you've got the idea of the collection, right? This giant collection of maybe for this first drop, it was 1500, right? That all kind of relate and have some similarities maybe in the genre or the, the tonal qualities of them. What's up, guys? Adam Levy here. Sorry for the quick pause. I wanted to give some love to our two NFT sponsors that are making this episode a reality. They are Coinvise and Polygon Studios. On Coinvise, you can create a personal or community-owned social token on Ethereum or Polygon. Coinvise also helps you create incentives through token rewards and bounties, NFT business models, and bot integrations for Discord. Discover more today by visiting coinvise.co. Polygon Studios is the gaming and NFT arm of Polygon, who's focused on growing the blockchain gaming and NFT industry while bridging the gap between Web 2 and Web 3 gaming. The Polygon Studios ecosystem comprises highly loved blockchain games like OpenSea, Upshot, Avagachi, Zedrun, Skyweaver, Decentraland, and Decentral Games. If you're a gamer, builder, or NFT creator looking to join the Polygon Studios ecosystem, get started today by visiting polygonstudios.com. All right, back to the episode. Yeah, okay, makes sense. So the first drop that you guys had was on Saturday, right? Um, and uh, for those who are new, okay, we, we had some like commentary prior to starting, but it was a stressful drop uh, and a very exciting drop too because you said it was it was basically the first of its kind. Tell me, what was the drop's name? I have a hard time pronouncing it. Yes, yeah, so the drop's name uh, was called The Ocarinas, uh, Ocarinas and that was in yeah. reference to uh, the video game Zelda Ocarina of Time. Uh, you know, we mm. wanted to kind of pay homage to the early users of the MIDI format, which were early video games in the 80s and 90s. Um, and that by doing that, we decided, you know, we wanted to make music in a sort of video game genre style, right? And that's what led to the name being The Ocarinas. All right, so I'm going to play one of uh, one of the ones that I collected just to give the audience some context, okay? So hold on a second. Um... So it's like it's very gamified. Like you can you can get a good idea just by those like few seconds and not to run that for too long. Uh but when I first heard it, because I remember, uh, Benny, when we were talking uh, before this Twitter spaces, before the drop went live, like we really want to create music composition that actually sounds good, that feels good, but is like generated on chain, right? Like that's the whole like mission, the whole drive. And when I heard this, I was like, wait a minute, this is very gamified. Like, can I imagine myself listening to this uh, on Spotify or whatnot? But I guess the intention for this first drop was that direction to kind of celebrate Zelda and the, the, the gamification that came I guess with even some of your early inspiration, is that how I'm understanding it? Um, so maybe not my early inspiration. I think this is, I guess, you know, I, I was, I was not alive in the eighties and nineties, unfortunately, but uh, I was, uh, you know, I've been playing video games for a long time. And, and I think, you know, for this drop, yes, you know, our, our goal in the end is to have music that is the kind of thing you want to play on Spotify. Right. But for this first one, you know, we, we're accomplishing a lot of things for the first time. And our main focus was making this work, right? Getting, getting the music on chain, making the generative stuff work, and then allowing people to participate in this like historic moment for, for us and, and hopefully the, the music NFT space by owning something that does in fact sound very nice. You know, like even if you might not listen to it on Spotify every day, the melodies are very catchy. They fit together. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun listen every time. 
Yeah, that, that makes sense. So it's a very creative process, um, like an, uh, I guess a generative computer creative process. But I guess my question to you is like, how does Beat Foundry allow the creative process to continue beyond the artist, behind the collection? Like, what are you guys doing to kind of empower that, that element? For sure. Yeah. So I think the big one is just kind of the nature of the format we're releasing the music in. Right. So I had mentioned that the MIDI does not define anything else about the music other than just the notes and rhythms and pitches and tempo, right? There's all the, there's all these other parts of the music that can be manipulated to make something super unique, right? And mm-hmm. we wanted to kind of leave the MIDI as basic and as, you know, surface level as we could so that people who are collectors or even those who aren't collectors can download the MIDI and make something really cool with this, right? And so con- in that in that kind of sense, it's continuing this creative process beyond from what we you know, what we originally intended with how we wrote the music, right? So yeah. and that's really cool because we get to impart, we, we almost get to share the process with the community or, or with whoever wants to participate, right? We get to write this music and, you know, an artist will release their music and have these one-to-one connections, right, with, with each individual collector. But then even further than that, even if, you know, you're not a collector or even if you are a collector, you can create an even deeper connection with your artist by writing some sort of remix or, you know, making a visualization, right? And, mm. you know, what's really cool is we've already seen some of that stuff kind of happen with this first drop. And uh, it's really cool to see the interaction between the artist for this first drop and the community um, and, and see how, you know, how everybody's ideas kind of collide uh, right. on, on the different art that was produced. So, okay. So let's talk more about the mechanics, okay? And, uh, and actually, what are you buying in, in reality? Because ownership value these are all very arbitrary gray area concepts that many other platforms uh, are, are exploring like what does it mean to actually own something on chain now in the context of music nfts and even further in the context of beat foundry when i buy uh this this really cool sound right inspired by by zelda as you mentioned like what do i actually get with that beyond the nft do i get to own the music so that then i can go and partake in that collaborative process benny or what, what does that really entail? Yeah, so we, we definitely wanted to make sure that not just the collector has full access to the music, right? So a, as a collector, when you're buying this music, I think you're more buying into the artist than you are buying the actual music itself, right? You know, I, I always say that I don't foresee in the near time future, and this might be a hot take, but I don't foresee the Web3 space re- replacing something like Spotify, right, or, or Apple Music. I see people still really, and, and, and I really hope that, that artists even release their music maybe on different platforms. Some might decide to release one music, you know, one song as an NFT and then release something else on Spotify or Apple Music. But I, I think as a collector, you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're almost in a different category of, of fans, right? So there's just the regular fans that might listen to your music on Spotify, right? But then there's also the fans that would, would in, you know, 10 years ago would have bought your vinyls, right? Or, or gone to a concert, right? And I think by by buying into these NFTs, I think that's closer to what you're getting, right? You're buying into the artists. And yes, you have, you know, the ownership tied back to you, right? You, you've got this, this NFT that, that now kind of represents your, your digital identity in a way. Um, but also, I think it's more about just this connection between the artists. And, and that's really what you're buying, right? Got it. Got it. So beyond the actual minting uh, of the songs, beyond the generative element. So when you talk about the experience, the, 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 the connection with the artist, like how does Beat Foundry actually empower that? Yeah. So, I mean, I was saying a little bit earlier that I think the, right. the, the, the main thing is just that you now, you know, as a generative piece, right, you've got this connection with the artist that is, that is unique, mm-hmm. right? Whereas I think there's a lot of one-on-ones out there that are super cool. But, um, you know, 
maybe they're 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 done in a sort of fractionalized way, which I think is interesting, right? Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you're kind of lumped into either having being the only guy who has this one one of one, right? Being the only person who has this, and that that kind of restricts a lot of the other people from feeling that same connection that that one person might have. Or in the case that it's fractionalized, right? You maybe there's a, a thousand or or ten thousand different almost copies NFT copies of of a given song, right? Now you're kind of lumped mm-hmm. into this bigger crowd again. And although that's really cool, you know, you, you still have a closer you still have a closer connection with that artist. You're not you don't have the same one-to-one connection that having a piece of generative art allows you to, to have, right? And then also, you know, the, the music itself is a different format. You know, like we've been, mm-hmm. as we explore different genres, there's different, you know, there are some limitations to doing this sort of generative style, right? And as, as we've seen with art blocks, you know, it kind of, it's almost a new medium, right? It, it introduces a different form of art. And now instead of just having, like I said, that regular piece of, or of music, not that there's anything wrong with that, of course. Now right. you're, you're, you have a piece of art that wouldn't have been made and that couldn't have been made in any other way, right? Like this is, it, it's something that's more about now the art, right? Now you've got, rather than this just being about the artist, you've got something that, that is, uh, you know, standalone, really, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, okay. Uh, one thing I want to talk about is like, uh, there's a lot of buzzwords in crypto that stifle a lot of people getting into the space, specifically like creators and musicians, all these concepts of doing something quote unquote on chain or minting or let alone NFTs, social tokens, all these different keywords tend to cause a little confusion when trying to figure out what the landscape is uh, for music creators, for example. Now, one of those buzzwords, again, is on-chain, right? And that's something that you guys pride yourselves in. Why is it important for music to be on-chain, let alone, like, why do NFTs, like music NFTs, need to be on-chain? Like, obviously, okay, NFTs are on-chain inherently, like, that makes sense. But why does music need to be on chain you think yes yeah, so i think the the big one for me is tying music back to the creator right so you know we we kind of see this future where the you know the the royalties are, or, or wherever people are producing music or playing music is pulled directly from the blockchain right and that allows the blockchain to kind of enforce these rules that you know otherwise would maybe be kind of pushed around you know i think we see a lot of music uh, I, th- I was talking with somebody else earlier about how there's this website where you can, uh, as a DJ, grab some samples to play at whatever show, right? And you might pay $50 for that sample, but then make $100,000 from the show, right? And each DJ is different. Somebody might make a lot less, right? But at the end of the day, you know, th- there's no real way right now to tie that music back to the to the creator, you know, at playtime, right? Or, or at production time, at release time, right? If it's being sampled or if the different parts of the music are being used in a different song, right? And by using the kind of smart contract, which is, you know, the, the way the Ethereum blockchain works, you know, having this kind of trustless system, we can allow these artists to release their music in a way that will always tie it back to them, right? Oh, and, and, you know, in some cases, it might tie it back to the collectors too. It might allow the collectors kind of participate in this. Uh, but having it on chain is really important so that you know, in the future, when we when we have more things plugging into the to the grander system, and we have you know, there's other projects like Arpeggi, right, that that have an on-chain DAW, right. which is like a music production software, right, but it's on-chain. You know, when we have all these different platforms that are plugging into this trustless system, we can ensure that these artists are getting paid and the collectors are are receiving what they were promised, right? Um, and I think that's really important. I think that's just one of the biggest. That's not even an NFT specific thing. That's just an Ethereum blockchain. Uh, yeah. You know, huge. Uh, benefit to everybody how far away are we from seeing that like all these different components being programmed and developed and managed and operated uh on chain 
from composition yes. to, to distribution, to payment, to all these different moving parts that are typically off-chain? Yeah, so I wish I could give you know, a better answer because you know, a lot of people have asked us kind of how we want to think about royalties and how we want to um, you know, go about all these different uh, things that, that I was just talking about, right? But you know, at the end of the day, we can't do everything on our own, right? And I see, like I said, there are other, uh, the other groups popping up like Arpeggi that are kind of taking over the, the, on, the on-chain DAW space. Um, there's a couple of things that are, a, co- a couple of groups that are going into royalty specific. You know, there's, there's uh, Catalog, which is doing one of ones. Um, and, and those are all great. I, I think we'll just have to hope that more of these will get spun up in the different areas that are kind of a little bit lacking right now. Uh, like, you know, royalties, I think, is a big one that, that kind of hasn't been super standardized yet. And I, and I hope we get there. I don't foresee that Beat Foundry will be the ones doing that. I think we'll be participating, right, using these other platforms. But, you know, we've got a lot to focus on just, you know, releasing music in, a, in the generative style. And, uh, and you know, we, eventually we want to kind of release a platform where anybody can release their music in our format. And uh, I, I think that's kind of where our direction is going to be. So I, I really hope that a lot of these other uh, groups in the, in the space pick up, uh, pick up their game and, and hop on. Uh, hop on the train, but uh, we'll we'll see. And I, and I think you know my best guess would would probably be I see just based on the way I see things moving so quickly in this space. I think we could see something, uh, you know, something very close to what I described within the next year or two. Um, mm-hmm. But that's you know that's just hopes. Yeah, makes sense. Can you talk more about uh, like what the composition process looks like for an artist on Foundry? Yeah, so I think what's really cool as an artist, you know, is that the process is pretty similar to what most artists are already doing, right? So MIDI is something that is, by default, read by all of these production interfaces like Logic, uh, Ableton, um, you know, Reaper, right? So all, all these production interfaces that allow music, you know, digital music producers to make their music, they, by default, export their music into MIDI. So if an artist is going to do a drop on the Beat Foundry, right, it's pretty much just like making the music they would normally make and then just sending it over or maybe writing a little bit more than they would be used to, to accomplish all of the generative aspects, right? To, to have the amount of melodies we would need to make, you know, a bunch of different combinations, right? So like with our first drop, you know, the composer wrote the songs, the, you know, the seven original chord progressions, the way they would normally write any piece of music. And then on top of that, just wrote, you know, maybe we can mix in this melody here, right? And then we can have this intro be replaced over here. And then, you know, when we do the generative stuff, it's going to be put together in a different combination that we didn't even, you know, expect in the first place. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, what Benny, what do you think the current state of of music NFTs are today? Yeah, so I, I think this kind of ties into you know where I see the direction of this space going, and I, I think there's already some uh, there's some players in the space, like I was talking about, you know, Catalog and, uh, and Arpeggi, um, and I guess I would say that that right now we're just in this this early stage where right now there's a lot of it's more about the music being released. Um, but I foresee in, in the near future, like I was saying, that the the space might transition to to more these kind of services that allow artists to to reap in the benefits of, of ro- things like royalties and uh, and uh, releasing their music in different formats. Interesting. So, talk to me more about those different those different things beyond royalties, beyond composition. Anything else you're specifically excited about? So, I, I can definitely talk about you know some things we're excited about with with Beat Foundry specifically, right? The the, you yeah. know, the other generative formats, I think that would be super cool to kind of reveal a little bit for those of you that are, that are here listening. I, you know, this is kind of some alpha, I guess. Um, we are, uh, we're, we're planning on doing a couple different generative formats in the future. We don't want to just do uh, the format we've been doing right now, which is, you know, having all these different songs that are divided up into different chord progressions and then get 
push, you know, mixed together into using the different stems and different components of a song, right? We also were experimenting with ideas of possibly releasing an album where each, you know, you might, as a collector, purchase the album, and then every time you listen to the piece of music uh, or, or a song on that album, right, it might be different depending on some conditions on the blockchain or, or even who's listening to the music, right? I think that's something that, that we're definitely looking to pursue. Um, and then we were also thinking, you know, what about just releasing the components themselves as NFTs and allowing each collector to, you know, maybe grab a couple different components, put them together themselves to make a unique piece, right? That, that's almost like the, the kind of sampling culture that we have today, right? Where you, you've got all these different parts of a song, right? And those might get put together in the end, rather than us doing it on our end, rather than us making each song and putting together all the combinations, you might purchase each individual combination as you, as you will, right? And then make something really cool with it. Okay, got it. Got it, got it. So what's, what's the next drop in the pipeline then? Yeah, so the, the next drop uh, is with, you know, we just announced this. Uh, this is with a new artist uh, called Oshi, or, you know, he goes by Oshi. Uh, he's pretty popular in the music NFT space so far. He's been releasing on sound.xyz and catalog. Um, he's going to be doing a sort of indie music drop. Um, what's really cool about this is, you know, with our first drop, we did, uh, you know, all digital music, no lyrics. But this one, uh, there are going to be generative lyrics. So he's going to be, you know, writing all these different lyrics and, and we're going to be mixing and matching. And uh, on the uh, recording of the music that we do, that we, we give alongside the, the MIDI that is going to be on chain, uh, he is going to be singing and, and fully producing the music, which is going to be, you know, that's going to be super sick. And I, I expect this to be, uh, you know, specific dates will come soon for when this will be released. But I expect within the next two months, we'll be able to get this out there. Oh, wow. So actually, what does that entail, really? So he's doing, he's leading the composition, the producing. So is he creating the loops that then get uh, randomly, generatively overlapped? on one another. And I say that because I, I don't understand the keywords and like <laughs> the actual, the actual technicality behind it. So maybe you can help me out with that. For sure. Yeah. So he is basically going to be writing, you know, the, the first step is just deciding on what kind of music, right. And then writing a couple songs that kind of capture the idea that we're trying to accomplish. Right. And once we've got a couple of songs, you know, th this, these are the type of songs that he would release as one of ones on catalog, just regular songs, right, with, with vocals, right? But then once we have these songs, what he's going to do is he's going to find parts of the song that could be replaced by something else, right? Maybe a different melody, a different set of lyrics, a different solo, a different drum part, right? And he's going to write out all those different drum parts and all those different solos and all of those different melodies, right? And when we put that stuff on chain and it gets minted, a random combination of each of those parts that he already wrote are going to be put together in a way that makes each song sound good, right? And what's exciting about this one is like we were talking about, you know, the this uh, Spotify nature of it, right? Having the, the song sound good as if something you would listen to, to on Spotify or, you know, you know, the regular popular music that you'd be listening to. I really think this one is going to accomplish that because this artist is absolutely amazing. I, I very much enjoy listening to his music and then having the lyrics makes it just a lot more relatable. Yo, I'm so excited about that. That's going to be so sick. That's going to be so cool. I've, I haven't come across uh, a music NFT for the most part that's been composed and constructed like that. Uh, so interesting. I'm really curious. Like I'm having a hard time imagining what that would sound like in reference to using the first drop as the example for like the foundation and structure with how you guys approach things at Beat Foundry. So I, I'm really curious to see what, what kind of comes out of his circle and the level of experimentation uh, that will happen on chain. That's really exciting.
Yeah, no, it's super exciting. And, and what I'll say too is that, you know, I think what's great about this is when you get, when you maybe when you, you know, if you're, if you're minting or, or purchasing one on the secondary market, when you listen to one of these, it'll sound like something that was fully composed all the way through something like you've been listening to on Spotify, right? Each individual output should sound like a fully complete song, right? And we're super excited to, to make that work. And I, and I, I have, you know, a, a lot of faith in Oshi, you know, his, his music is absolutely amazing. So I, I think it's going to be amazing. Amazing. I want to, I want to open the, the room up to the audience. If you guys have any questions for Benny or around on chain generative music, anything like that, feel free to put your, uh, your hands up and I can bring you guys up. Uh, Benny, talk to me what else is up and coming in the pipeline. So the Oshi drop is coming up. Anything after that? Or are you taking it a step at a time? Yeah. So yeah, we do like to, to think pretty far ahead. I think, you know, kind of setting goals in, in different uh, lengths of time is good. So obviously Oshi is the, you know, the first goal we want to accomplish. We want to have this done by the, you know, within the next two months, but we also are thinking about the year and I, we, we released a little bit about, you know, talking about how we want to do five different, at least five different drops with five different genres of music. And that, uh, you know, this is going to be the second one, right? This will be, um, you know, indie music. Uh, and we've already done video game music, uh, but, and, we haven't exactly decided on anything specific, but the the artist that has been that has done the first drop is also working on another collection that we will probably release after. Um, and, you know, we've got a couple artists we've talked to and are are on board, but you know, we're not we're not there yet to to be able to release their names and, and say for sure that they will be dropping on our platform. Uh, but what I'll say is, you know, we've definitely got for this whole year we're 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 lined up, we're packed, we're we're ready to to release music all throughout the year and hopefully have some things going on at the same time so that we can get you know, maybe two or three drops done in, in, a, in a couple months, right? I think, I think that would be the goal for sure. Amazing, dude. I'm, I'm super excited. So this will be distributed on the podcast. So for everyone who's going to be listening later, um, where can we find you? Where can we learn more about Beat Foundry before I let you go? Yeah, for sure. So uh, best place to, to follow what's going on is Twitter, and that's just at Beat Foundry NFTs. Uh, and then you know, from our profile picture, you can get the Discord link. Uh, Discord is definitely the best place uh, to to grab uh, or to talk with us individually, to reach out to us, uh, or just to participate in the community. And then if you're looking uh, for the website where we do the actual collection drops, um, that is beatfoundry.xyz. Yes. Amazing. Okay, so we have someone uh, in, the, in, the, in the audience that wants to actually come up and ask a question. Let's bring him up. Antonio. Hold on. Yo, yo, Antonio, what's going on? How you guys doing? What's up? Yo, how you doing, Caleb? I'm doing all right, man. How you doing, player? I'm doing really well. Glad to hear, man. Hey, just realize what you have going on here is like the first of this kind, like you said, and when this Web 3.0 really pops off, that's what I'm really thinking about. Like, this is going to skyrocket. If you think about all these things that are coming into play and fruition for all these NFTs and how Walmart's iterating and all these different stores and you know it's just like playability like you said so like everything is going to come full circle for you bro like i'm really proud of you this is like really sick something that you put together and it's just kind of like you didn't really plan on this it's kind of stumbled upon you because how the timing god's timing works interesting so like everything that you have on i, I really i value it like zelda's really sick and i love zelda man like i remember playing 3ds and just like playing phantom hourglass and it's just it's good vibes you know and it's like it's something fun to look forward to because everything is different and it's interacting with music which is a universal gift and a lot of people could connect with that and i just think it's really sick i just wanted to put my two cents in there yeah 
Yeah, thank you so much, man. Seriously, thank you so much. Of course, man. You're a genius, bro. You, you guys, you're going to take off this year. And, like, I'm I'm showing all my friends this stuff. Like, because at the end of the day, it's all about spreading love. And when you spread that love, you're always going to get back full circle. So, yeah, man. Word so up. great to hear from you, man. Thank you. No problem, man. You know, I'm always I'm always in your corner, bro. You know how it comes to that. Since you started this listening Per se, I've been just drawing and working on collections. It's like everyone's going to go up this year from this blockchain, this 3.0, this virtual wallet, man. Coming in reality. Yes, indeed. I love the energy. I love the energy. Anybody else have any other questions they want to add? If not, uh, Benny, I guess we can wrap it up, guys. Yes, thank you so much for for, uh, graciously hosting this. And uh, it's been, been fantastic talking with you course dude i'm really excited about what you're doing uh keep us posted and uh we'll chat soon for sure thank you so much thank you guys bye-bye